Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 256. This time I have a little bit to say about Witcher 3. I've only played a few hours, so I haven't seen too much of it. And that's all I have for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So I've had The Witcher 3 on my wish list for quite some time. Steam sent me a notice it was like 50% off. I posted that to my page because I usually try and let people know when there's a big sale like that. And somebody surprised me with getting it and the second one and the first one all in like a combined package. So now I have all three of those to check out. People have been saying it's really good and I should play it so... I had it on my wish list, though I haven't played any of them since the first one, and the first one I only did a demo of it, and that was years ago. I remember for some reason I kind of got frustrated and sort of rage quit the demo. I think probably because it was during an investigation section of the game, and back then games didn't really have that, and so I, I probably found that really frustrating and confusing. I don't actually remember. But the Witcher series as far as I know, is a third-person role-playing game, more open-world style than not, which, so far for the third one, and again, I haven't played very much, so I'm probably still in sort of a tutorial phase, has been probably equal parts role-playing and equal parts combat. I've played probably about four hours, and a decent amount of that has been either listening to dialogue or talking to people or, you know, choosing what dialogue I want to do. Maybe not quite equal parts, but certainly a lot more than other games. And when I'd stopped, I had just sort of gotten through sort of the introduction to the second zone uh, in a traditional sense of what people would call that. And while the first zone was pretty big for a single-player game, it is certainly not as big as some of the other single-player games I've played lately. But it was quite large. I could have just done the main quest and then left. But there were probably about a dozen sort of side quest areas I could investigate. Some were just a quick little kill this monster nest thing. And others were sort of a a little bit more involved investigation slash puzzle area. Not really puzzle, but you know, you have to go and you have to find clues and you have to follow things and figure stuff out. Because it seems The Witcher is sort of a cross between, I would say, Batman and sort of Jedi. He has a few sort of magical powers, which I guess in this universe come from sort of a demonic, monstrous side of things. And the humans are all just kind of mostly normal humans. But the Witchers are sort of, from what I can tell, a volunteer hybrid of sort of monster and person, but as part of that, some of his activities involve him going to an area and he'll sort of investigate with his senses 
find tracks other people can't see. And then he has knowledge of the various monsters, so he'll find a clue, and he'll investigate the clue. And then you'll learn about like a monster's weakness or something you can use that is good against them. And so in that sense, it's sort of more like the recent Batman Arkham games where you're investigating sort of a scene and figuring something out. The graphics are really good, particularly the environmental lighting. One thing that does stand out is kind of their hair is kind of stuck to their heads. Or a lot of the uh, sort of NPCs slash bad guys will wear hats and then you don't even have to worry about hair. There is an NVIDIA Hairworks setting which I can't turn on, probably because I have a laptop chip and it requires, you know, a certain level of power or higher. Maybe that would make the hair look a little bit nicer. But it seems kind of odd compared to everything else looking so nice, especially the landscapes and sort of skybox area, as they call it. Movement is really good, and it's, again, an open-world kind of game, so you're free to go wherever. You can move around and jump over a lot of the stuff. Some of the stuff is like a sort of cliff or a bigger wall you can't quite get over, but those are usually pretty obvious. It's kind of a pain in the butt when they separate an area and it's like, oh my god, I gotta go all the way around to get to that thing. But they're going for sort of, I think, a little bit more realistic style in that sense than sort of a a traditional video gamey style of blocking you with invisible walls, which I guess I can appreciate that. It's good to know. I can't go there because there's a cliff there, but it's still, like I said, kind of a pain if, oops, you slid down this thing, now you have to walk all the way around again. One thing I did notice that was kind of cool is that as part of this animation set, I guess it sort of moves fluidly between the different animation states. Usually in most games, you're either standing or like sliding or doing whatever, and there's no like in-between state. I'd noticed once when I was sort of walking around a river area, I'd gone up on a porch and then I went sort of halfway down back into the river. And I looked down, and one of my legs was in the river, and one was sort of propped halfway up on the porch. You know, as if I was getting on or off a porch in real life. So I thought that was really cool. Usually you don't kind of see that halfway animated state. It's either one or the other. So that was a pretty cool detail. The music is really good, but I recall it feeling very sparse. I kind of remember feeling like I was listening to either one song or another song. And I don't mean like multiple others, I mean pretty much the combat song or the not in combat song. There was, I think, different music during sort of uh, transition periods where I was in conversations with people. But as a whole, I don't remember there being a whole lot of variety in music. But it was pretty good, it wasn't like super annoying or anything. And again, I'm only a few hours into the game, so maybe that will change as I go along. Conversations are really well done. They kind of explain a lot of the lore of what's going on, sort of in the greater scope of things, as well as what's going on, you know, right here, and why is this person talking to you? The one odd thing that kind of stands out is the main character's dialogue is really different. It's kind of really cliche and really basic compared to everybody else. It's almost as if there's a different writer for the main character as there is for the rest of the characters. But I guess that kind of makes sense. It helps him stand out as different from everybody else. And it sort of makes him feel even more like an outsider. Which is sort of what he's supposed to be. The Witchers are 
sort of this sect of people that nobody really likes because they're a hybrid of monster and people, and so they're kind of an abomination. And they're known for just sort of being mercenaries and not really having their principles or taking a side. They just kind of go wherever the money is and hunt monsters. But, oh, you got to pay me. Otherwise, I'll just let the monster kill you. So I guess it makes sense to have him written differently. Even though it has sort of this modern RPG slash single player MMO hybrid feel to it, and that you walk around the open area and you can go here and you can go there, and there's camps of stuff, and you're stopping to pick flowers every 10 feet. There is sort of an old school sort of back end to it when you look at the inventory and you go through sort of how you build your character. There's quite a lot of loot that you get that will be just regular junk or junk you sell or take apart. The crafting system is kind of new, but it's also kind of limited to you have to get this recipe and you have to go to the blacksmith. You can't figure it out yourself. So it's kind of an odd hybrid between sort of new school and old school style. But if you're into that sort of old school dungeon style where you get a lot of loot and you change stuff around, there are plenty of options as to how you want to build your character. Again, I just started. I'm pretty much sticking to what he had for, you know, his his Witcher stuff. Though there are different options, you can go with light armor, you can go with heavy armor and sort of move away from Witcher stuff and get different stats to um, help other non-Witcher things. Because there's these sigils he used, which is sort of his magical power. And the um, medium armor, I think it is, boosts that. But the other kind of armors don't. So you could sort of build yourself more away from your special ability powers and just go more, I guess, basic combat heavy and go with more of the bombs and the poisons and that sort of stuff. So that's a really cool option that they give that choice to you on how you want to build. There's a pretty cool talent slash perk system. It sort of unlocks different abilities, and these abilities have to go into pretty much passive slots. And so you're limited in how many passive slots you can have. And there's sort of this combo system with, uh, I think they call them mutagens, or uh, later I think they call them glyphs. I've only gotten like the lowest level of them. But these sort of combine with the passive slots And so you're sort of influenced towards picking a class. And so that's pretty cool. It gives you the option to sort of specialize and yet encourages you to pick a solid path, I guess you could say, in a class-based traditional sort of way. So that seems pretty cool that you have the freedom to choose and yet you're given bonuses or benefits for sort of sticking to one sort of idea. Not having played the first two games, I do feel a little bit lost. There is sort of a greater history that's around the world and that characters talk about and that's going on. The starter town you started has been taken over by a group of people. I don't know if they're bad or better people. All I know is that they've taken them over and that the people are not happy. So I do feel a little bit behind there, but most of it, you sort of get the general gist of what's going on. Like I said, the people that have been taken over are not happy about it, so um, I assume that's a bad thing. You know, I don't have to know the full history of the people. You know, what is explained 
is enough for me to uh, figure out they don't like that. So I think it's okay uh, if you're like me and you haven't played the previous games. You won't feel totally lost, but you will feel a little bit behind. I do like it quite a lot, but not being a huge fan of open world type games, I haven't played a whole lot yet. I've played somewhere around, I think, four-ish hours. I'll probably play a few hours a week. But if you like playing open world games, and you like role-playing, and you do enjoy that sort of old school, I guess you could say Diablo-esque kind of loot system where you're getting loot, and this one maybe is you know, 1% better at this or 1% better at that. I think there is enough of that sort of frequency of dropped loot that you'll be happy about that as well. But mostly it's got that sort of interesting Batman slash Jedi feel to it where you're investigating some stuff, but you're doing some combat with a little bit of magic slash special abilities. So it's got an interesting mix of that. From the newsroom... There's a little bit of news this time. Overwatch is now out. Like I said, I might pick it up if I had the money for it, but I probably still would not, even with the money, because it is really all about playing in a group. A friend posted on his Facebook page and asked if he should get it, and I pretty much said that. I said, do you enjoy playing competitive games? Do you enjoy playing with your friends? Do you enjoy playing competitive games solo? And if the answer to any of those questions is no, I would recommend against getting Overwatch. But if the answer to all of those is yes, then I would recommend picking it up. Because as I said back in the day when I was reviewing it, during the beta times I was playing, like I said, you know, it was fun. But as a solo player, I, I just didn't find it terribly super fun enough to pay for uh, even Heroes of the Storm which is probably my favorite MOBA uh, I basically haven't played in I don't even know how long because you know I don't have people to play with and those kind of games uh, both Overwatch and Heroes are you know kind of competitive online group based games and so unless you're super pro or you really, really love that genre, playing by yourself just isn't all that fun. NVIDIA is also launching their new Series 10 graphics chips uh, soonish. <laughs> the uh, 1080 is supposed to be out pretty much any day now, although I think it's going to be very limited quantity for a while. And then the 1070, which is sort of the mainstream card, is supposed to be out in June, I think. So we'll see uh, how quickly that comes onto the market pretty soon. But if you're thinking about upgrading your graphics card, I would say absolutely hold off for that. The 1080 is supposed to be, you know, the flagship, so that's going to be like 500 plus. But the mainstream 1070, if I recall, is supposed to be about 350. I would expect that to hit closer to about 400 for most of the cards. Because usually around launch, manufacturers like to throw in, uh, you know, one regular version, but they'll usually throw in sort of two or three uh, overclocked or special versions so they can eke out, you know, that little bit of money more. 
So probably I'd say expect closer to 400. But that is definitely, you know, a very solid choice for a mainstream card. Both are showing up at around 30% better than the uh, 9 series equivalents. So it's absolutely worth your time to uh, pick that up. Unless uh, you're kind of poor and you want to pick up one of the 9s, you know, that will probably go on sale right immediately when those come out. So you could probably do that as well, because the 9s are still pretty solid cards, especially the 970 and 980s. Those will be absolutely solid for a few years. So I suppose it's your choice, but I always recommend people go with the newest, shiniest thing, paying a little bit more, because uh, it'll, it'll hold you a lot longer, uh, long term. But that's it for the news. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. Again, we do be thinking Stephen B. And Sean R. For the most generous donations. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip. Arr, hip hip, arr, hip hip, So that's it for this podcast. Hopefully the mic sounds okay. I still haven't had any money to send it in. I expect there's still a few pops on it like there were last time. Hopefully that's not driving anybody crazy. I know when I listen to it, it it gets kind of sad to hear that. Because I don't know why it's doing it. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I have to uh, mail in the microphone and see if they can figure anything out with that. But I don't have the money for that. So that is sad. But because of the donations, I do have most of the money I need to get through the car registration. Certainly be able to cover insurance and and almost half of the registration. So with a bit more donation help, uh, I, I will be able to make that. And then uh, that won't be a concern. And everything will be cool and uh, happy-ish again for a while. I guess I'm okay-ish other than worrying about that. And, uh, you know, I'll still worry about that until that's taken care of. But hopefully everybody out there is not having a sad life like me. And I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. So that seems pretty cool that you have the freedom to choose and yet, you know, you're given bun...
you have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit dot com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbit dot com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2016 by Eric Stryker, a.k.a. Rabbit.